hang these ropes in the wintertime right after season closes. Um, I, I've tried hanging them right before season, during season, and just had very, very limited success. Welcome back to Wild Game Dynasty's podcast, episode number 96. Folks, we have three guests, three consecutive guests on our podcast, Smokey, Derek Harrison, and Don Higgins. Hey, if any of those names ring a bell with you, it's because they've been on our podcast before. And I decided to bring them together because it's that time of year where either we have experienced the rut out in the whitetail deer hunting woods or we're looking for that second part of the rut. Either way, these folks have some very valuable information on how to become a more successful hunter, not just in putting tags on some big bucks, but just having a lot more fun year-round in the quest to pursue our passions of hunting whitetails. Hey, without further ado, I really think you ought to dial in to podcast episode number 96. Let's roll. Smokey, hey, this is Gary Morgan calling. Hey, Gary, good to hear, hear from you. Hey, I uh, I know I didn't give you a whole lot of notice, but I wanted to reach out to you and kind of give you an update on a couple of neat little... Uh, yeah, neat little tidbits of information. I know you know your products work. You're in that uh, lure business for the trappers and for the hunters. But, uh, hey, my nephew, he's uh, in his mid-30s. I, I kind of dub him as a uh, very accomplished hunter because he takes it very serious. But he's having fun. He's not, uh, you know, he's not treating it as a, as a J-O-B, as a job. But, uh, anyways, he, uh, boy, he, he harvested really a dandy um, I'm going to probably guess that it's probably just shy of a 160 southern oh, mi- wow. yeah, southern Michigan, a dandy. And it's just a, I think it's just an eight point, if that tells you anything. That's good deer. Really yeah. Good deer. Well, about a year ago, I was telling about uh, the uh, the information that I gathered from you. And, of course, you you introduced me to a, a fellow named Don Higgins that a lot of yes. hunters. Yep. So I did a podcast with, with Don, thanks to you, and course we've done a couple podcasts and Derek says hey I adopted uh, the use of that rope but he says I think the key is is using the right scent he says I use that wicked wick compound from Smokey Gary and he says "Uh, I'm telling you I got an inventory of deer on my property and there are a few that I would have never had a clue that they existed even if it's just for a short time during the rut I said well Tell me the story. Well, he did, and, of course, I recorded him into a little mini podcast, and I told him, I said, hey, I'm going to get a hold of Smokey, and if I can, maybe one of these other guys, maybe Don or somebody, and see if we can put something together to kind of remind our listeners, hey, there's a there's a method for this madness, and if you do it right, even if it's not perfect, it's going to work wonders. Yeah, this uh, Wicked Wick compound that, I made originally for the uh, Gene and Barry Wenzel, and then uh, Don uses it a lot, and everybody's uh, doing really well with it. I just had a gentleman send me some pictures from Pennsylvania. He had six different bucks. Uh, he let go the first day in Pennsylvania, and he was getting all of his inventory using a wicked wick compound, hanging a rope, of course, doing a doing a scrape, you know, tearing up the ground 30 inches under. Yep. 
and uh, doctoring it up a little bit and making him a good cent post rub. And he just had a phenomenal year. Uh, to leave six bucks to go the first morning, uh, this is, this would be this would be really hard to do. Yeah. But uh, he he did, and he and uh, he he shot a real nice buck with split brow ties, and he, oh, he the next day, and he was he said he couldn't let another one go. He was just so excited, you know. And, yeah. And uh, he's just having a blast. He knew he knew what he had in in his uh, hunting area, though. That was key, wasn't it? He, he absolutely did. He knew what inventory he had, and I want to talk about a little bit about maybe prepping a rope. Please, uh, please do. Time. So a lot of guys run short on time. You know, with the business is so busy today, with the uh, Americans, you know, uh, we're trying to make it. We're trying to all trying to make a, a living today, and a lot of times we're working twice as hard. And with the uh, the cost of everything, we just went through the. The, the roof and the inflation and yeah. the price of uh, heating oil and fuel work. So I, I would just like to touch on them. Uh, we've all heard uh, of job safety acts where we go to do a procedure and job and this is the way something we want to follow. Now, I'm not saying this is written in stone, but this has worked really, really well with the ropes. If you get your ropes out early, that, may, that makes all the difference in the world. It gets aired out, it gets centered out. All you have to do is applicate it, you know, to get an application of the wicked wood compound on it to get it going. Okay. Well, if you pick up a rope in a store, you don't know how much it's been handled. You don't know how much human odor is on it. You know, I mean, some of these ropes smell like creosote. They smell, they have that yeah. creosote, real strong hemp smell. And just for, so, for our listeners, uh, uh, when you talk on a rope, because I know we talked about this before, but this is not like a parachute rope cord. This is uh, something pretty heavy. Yeah, it's like a bull rope, a bull rope or something. I've had guys that sent me pictures of using half-inch ropes, but I, I I like to see a guy use something a three-quarter, at least an inch. Yeah. And then they really have something great. It holds the scent well. It holds the lure well. You've got a lot, to, and you've got a lot to work with. But if you get a rope. And it smells like crazy, but this, you know, some re- regions of the country, this is all we got. This yeah. is all we get our hands on. Yeah. So it smells like, it smells like crazy. You know, we go out here to deer hunt. We don't go out here with our smell, our clothes, or to go to travel with our boots smelling like gasoline. We got, we got to clean this stuff up way ahead of time. So I'm just going to implement that into your rope too. If you get one that smells real bad, it's got a strong odor to it. Of, Hey, throw it in a five-gallon bucket. Get you a five-gallon bucket, put a half a box of baking soda in it. Dollar Store is one of my favorite s- stores to shop at. Yep. They stir it up every day with a broom handle or the bottom of a pitchfork or something. Stir it up and uh, let that go in there for several days. Yeah. Put some water on it. Maybe you got to add, you know, maybe you got to add a little more baking soda to it. But get that scent out and rinse it off good, hang in the tree. Yeah, let it go. absolutely. Let it, let it go. It'll wear out. We're, we're going to be good to go here in a few days. And you know, I don't know, I talked to Derek on this, and I think all, all hunters or most hunters will agree, it's not necessarily just sitting in the in a tree stand or in a ground blind, the act of hunting, that we can have a lot of fun at. We can have an awful lot of fun doing the process of 
of prepping for that day that we set. So it doesn't have to be monotonous work. It can be a lot of fun. Absolutely. You know, us guys as trappers, you know, we got our traps. We're going over in the season. We're cleaning them up. We're adjusting them up. We're going to dye them up. We're going to wax up our traps. We're going to hang them up. We're going to get that wax out between the dog and the trigger before the season. That's all the dogs there. Get that scratched. Hey, what about your dry dirt? So a trapper catches on to this instantly. Yeah. And doing these things, and the trapper will, you know, these guys are phenomenal guys. They read sign, they know what they're looking at, and they, they catch on to stuff uh, really good. It's really, really good. But these, but these ropes, you know, after you get here's a little thing I'm gonna share with everybody. I've had lots of people call in uh, this year about the wicked uh, wood compound. You take this rope. and something that will irritate him. You know, he, he wants something when he comes in there, he, he wants that smell of that buck, or he's going to put his own scent on there, his own DNA on there. Yep. So take, take one of these bag. Everybody knows how to marinate fish or marinate meat. You know, everybody has their own favorite little marinade. Take that rope, have, have your tie on the bottom of it where it's going to fray out as far as it will go. You don't have to put the whole rope in there, but put at least a good foot of the rope in, the, in, a, in a freezer bag or some sort of a bag. Tape it, get you some duct tape. What you'll do first, though, put an ounce of the Wicked Wet compound in there, maybe two ounces, depending on the diameter of the rope. But if it's a bull rope, a one-inch bull rope, throw at least two ounces in there. Okay. Take that, tape that up. Tape your hand on the outside of that rat, on that bag. Rub that lure into there. Let it marinate for a few days in there. Say you're going to travel 100 miles, and you're going to put out three, three wicked wicks. Put them in a cooler. When you get there, you get everything ready, you got your straight going, you got your scent post going, you got everything doctored up. Hang your rope with gloves. Bless your good gloves. Hang your rope, take the bag off of it. It's preloaded, it's ready to go. Set your trail camera, and you're in business. Yeah. Are you encouraging also to uh, work up the soil below it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Side appeal. It's very, very important. Okay. Is that the smell of fresh dirt? If you got a little bit of buck in the digital gland lure, only put that and put yeah. your eyedropper full of that in a scrape. Even if the, they're still in velvet, go over there making a good scent post drop. Something that you could see. Yeah. Something that you could see from 50 yards away. Skin it up, put some notches in it on a 45 degree angle, roll it out, put some forehead gland in there. The stage is set. The stage is set for that buck to show up. Perfect. Hey, I appreciate this. And, uh, you know, just this, you know, here we are. We spent, uh, oh, shoot, 10 minutes yapping about this. Okay, maybe 11 minutes. I'm looking at my clock here. But uh, this really does summarize the application. 
the proper application and uh and I, I I get excited at least a little bit just uh thinking about the going through this process of doing it because it brings uh you know that hope of anticipated anticipated hope that it's going to work and we know it's going to work because you know it works and and uh so I look forward to you know seeing uh January February come around when I'm going to take all that information that you just shared with me take three or four or five ropes and put them at different parts of the you know of the state of michigan where i kind of hunt and and see what happens put some trail cameras on them and let them sit let them just kind of do themselves things and stay out of that area and and uh, when it comes time to check it out if i got a cell camera on one or two of them that it'd be fun just seeing that throughout the you know late winter spring summer leading into uh, hunting season. Yeah, let, it, let him go. Get, you know, have, have a little patience. You know, have a little patience. Yeah. And uh, it'll, it'll do its job. That buck will show up. He, he, you know, you may get one come in, and all of a sudden you don't see him. He, he's gone. You don't know what happened. There's a lot of things that happen. You know, he got one yeah. doe, and he was out of, already and he found another doe. Yeah. You know? Uh, he went over to the next town. You know, he went over to the next two or three hills. He's two miles off. It's easy for a buck to go two miles. You bet. Uh, it's easy for a buck to go two miles. He can go two miles. Yeah. Probably 15 minutes, no problem. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Smokey, yeah. I, re- I really appreciate you taking time out of a busy schedule, especially with the uh, last-minute notice here. But uh, I wanted to put this together because, I don't know, it's kind of like striking why the iron's hot. But uh, I'm going to put this together and uh, – and then upload it as a uh, full-fledged podcast with a little bit of flavor from Derek, some from you, and hopefully yeah. I can reach out to uh, Jim or uh, or Don and see if they can uh, give me a little gold nugget on on this one. And if Don has the uh, time, because we're talking about that that rope, then uh, yeah, I might even look back in a podcast and extract out a little bit of summary of what he uh, what he had to say about this, because the information is not going to change. And uh, sure. then I'll upload this, and uh, I'll give you a shout when it, when I get it done. All right. Hey, good luck. God bless. And uh, I'll be at Harrisburg this year at the big show, the big NRA show. What's Anybody the date? Get a chance. Stop and say hi. What's the date, Smokey? Uh, I believe it starts February the fifth. Oh wow! Hey. I believe it's right around that time. Some yeah. right in there somewhere. That's a couple months off. That's not far at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's a couple months off, and. Uh, you know, I'm gearing up with what I have, you know, with uh, the president, the way the economy is, yeah. the prices are going through the roof, and everything's getting yep. higher and higher. You know, it, 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 the lure making today and the, the bait making for all the hunters, Trevor, it, it's getting tougher and tougher all the yeah, time. It is. And, yeah. You know, they're running the prices through the roofs with everything. Inflation is killing us. So, as uh, much as I hate to do it, the. Uh, the prices might be a little higher this year when you order something, but I'm, I'm doing the best I can with yeah. everything. I think people understand and expect it. Meanwhile, you, you'll you talk to uh, Jim Riggle probably before I do. Tell Jim I said hi, and hopefully if I'm able to uh, maybe take a, a few days out of my schedule and drive down to uh, Pennsylvania, I might see you guys at that show. Yeah, come and see me. Glad to, glad to meet you in person there. All right, you too. Take All care. Right. Take care. Godspeed, young man. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. It's a Smokey McNicholas tell-all on the lure side of things. He's got some wonderful, wonderful tips 
wonderful clients that have testimonies of their success with his lures. But hey, instead of taking my word for it, as they say, there's maybe a LeVar Burton on that uh, television show that I used to watch with my kids when they were growing up. Hey, don't take my word for it. Let's take, uh, take a minute and dial right back into the podcast with Derek Harrison. Derek Harrison, this is Gary Morgan calling. Hey, how we doing, Gary? Good. Hey, I'm going to get right to the chase because, uh, well, I'm up scouting uh, for some muzzleload spots for a few buddies, and I know you're, well, like like your grandpa used to say, uh, a uh, one-legged guy in an ass-kicking contest, busy. <laughs> it is true. Oh, yeah, you're raising a family, you're running a business, and you're trying to squeeze in some deer hunt. Well, the reason I'm calling is I seen you, I know you make time for deer hunting. And the neat thing about it is you take, you take your boys out, your wife gets involved and everything. So, but I saw a picture of a dolly smokers, a dandy. Uh, give me, give me a little, give me a little synopsis of that. And I have a feeling it involves something to do with some lures or something. place here for almost three years now and it's fun that i get to create my own scenarios i guess for these deer and uh definitely been a good year for me been a rough year but a good year and yeah i had a stud just work that licking that rope perfectly just like we talked about and we actually talked about this in the summer and i've seen some videos but we talked about hanging that rope and i went and hung two of them Wow, when and you tried that Smokey's lure on that. Well, oh, no kidding. Now, when you say rope, you mean like a? Uh, we did that podcast of that Don Higgins for kind of kind of running your inventory of your local buck, so to speak. Although, you know, you can kind of morph it into what you want. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, pretty much over like a primary scrape area. I got a little spot back there. I can kind of keep inventory of what's going on. Wow. And I wanted to give that a shot. I've used vines before. I wanted to try this rope. Yeah. So when you, what kind, you said Smokies, that Smokies out of West Virginia, that stuff, eh? Yeah. Yeah, out of that bottle, it seems to work. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> probably the Wicked Wick then. Yep, exactly. Wow. You know, the neat thing about it is that Higgins, he says uh, it might not be necessary to reapply all the time because once it, once the bucks start coming there, they take care of it. Mm-hmm. But, you yeah. know, wow. I think give, that's exactly what they're doing. Well, give us, a, you know, just a kind of a um, a thumbnail sketch of what, what happened between the time you uh, started putting the, you know, the ropes out and the time you uh, harvested that wonderful animal. Yeah, I got a total of like three quarters of food plots behind my yard. One's a half acre and one's a quarter acre. And there's a, like a 75-yard clover trail that connects them. Yeah. And got my food plots in. We talked. I hung these scrapes up, one in the in the backyard here plot, I call it, and one in the back plot. And pretty much, you know, all summer I got the doe families, and I got year-and-a-half-old groups of bucks, but I don't have any shooters, let's say. But it's great to see the deer and just watch them, how they're working the land and then I see them leave, and then that's when these scrapes go to work as they take in the inventory wow. of what's coming through as the season progresses. You know, and now I got years of living here. I can I know when these studs are starting to move. Wow, 
it's that middle of October. It's just consistent each year. And you know, if not to tell you what to do, but but I have a feeling you're putting out camera, maybe even a cell camera. I mean, when you see some of this, when it happens, it's like a, uh, you know, puts that smile on the face, and you, it's kind of like, hey, put your seatbelt on. We're ready to rock. Right. You know, okay. you know it's deve- You know it's starting to happen. Yeah, it's exciting to see all the different gear, and then to see some come back. You know, it's like, well, what drew them back here? You know, maybe it's some of the stuff you're doing, and yeah. the doughs you got around, and yep, definitely the food. You know, but oh yeah, it's not huge. I'm on a 19 acre piece of land, but it's only eight nine acres of cover. Let's say yeah. everything else is open. Yeah, so. but you you know as well as I do. I mean, you took take somebody like. Uh, that consistently shoots big bucks. Well, we'll use uh, John Eberhard as an example. I mean, he shot that state record, and I think he beat his own record, I think, in that same two acres behind a barn uh, yeah. on, on, I mean, on some farmer's land. I mean, two acres. I believe it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of wild, these little pockets these deer can hide in. Yeah, absolutely. So you're providing a wonderful food source that didn't exist there before because you're food plotting it. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some other keys? Um, a lot of cover I've made over the winter. Yeah. And then not pressuring my land is the number one I've learned. Yeah, I, that's just what I was kind of waiting for. the pressure off it and letting the deer just not jumping in there, even though they want to so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's kind of worked out, though. I mean, I've hunted less, but I've been more successful Yep. over the past couple of years doing this. So, you know, the process of doing it, which isn't, it's part of the hunting process, but you're not walking out there with your stick and string or your, or your gun, but you're out there doing it. That's almost just as much fun or maybe at times more so than actually sitting there hunting. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I'm pretty excited about scouting season coming up. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorites just to walk in yeah. the winter. Yeah. So this. And learn and make a, make a plan, you know. So this, yeah. So this big buck, when did it first? When did you first notice it? Say on your trail camera or or sign that you thought, oh, I think he's around. Yeah, I had him. He hit my cameras in mid October, like eighteenth ish. I finally start seeing him around the fifteenth, like nice bucks moving. That's yep. kind of mid October is when they start showing themselves around me anyway. Yeah. But that's kind of I hear that from everywhere. Yep. But you know, he came in October. And I thought he was a stud. I didn't, you know, didn't even hunt back there for him. I just know he was at night. And yep. I had some other bucks around. And it's my busy season's October, so I can't really just hunt when I want yet. But anyway, I uh, don't see any of them. I go out of state, don't see him. And then uh, Thanksgiving night, he shows back up. And I ended up taking care of him the next night wow so you how you knew he's back there but it wasn't like you walked back and waved at him how'd you know he's there no i mean i do have cameras and i knew he was there that night like thanksgiving night and i knew i had to go out there yeah just didn't know what time but the story kind of starts after i got him because this deer people are sending me pictures of him miles away oh no kidding video footage of him you know so he came back went here went there he traveled quite a bit which is kind of amazing to everyone they're like what wow 
So uh, he's he's basically he's on his feet looking for receptive does during the rut, big time. Yeah, I think those mature bucks travel, especially during that rut. They know how to get through. And then they they never stay at the same place once for long. You know, they're always picking new spots. And I think that's why people get pictures of them and then they're gone. Yep. And that's why they live so long. They don't they don't have the same routine. Yeah. But this buck, I think, you know, most bucks, you know, they check spots out early in the rut. And then they might revisit those spots for does or for cover or for food. Knowing, like I was here before, yeah. felt safe. And that might have been part of the scenario, but... Yeah. Did you notice, too, as, uh, I mean, it's always amazing to see what a buck looks like when he's in his actual prime, I mean, not just of his of his uh, lifespan, but I'm talking about, you know, that mid-October buck, he's got to be at his peak of uh, fat reserves, and he just looks like a, a, a the, the, wood, the stud of the woods. Yeah, I mean, it's, for, for us in Michigan, yeah. you know, that's big tier. Was it a big change from the day, you know, the, the day after Thanksgiving when you harvested him? How he, you know, did did yeah, he had he lost I mean, some lost some fat reserves? Yeah, you could tell his fur had gotten thicker, but once we skinned him out, he had no fat. Wow. No, no, like previous wounds, which really shocked me. Wow, he's a highly intelligent buck. He's got to be moving from A to B, whether it's be two or three miles away. That those. You know, going from one primary rut spot to another, that must be done at night. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have any daytime pictures till the day I shot him. <laughs> you know, he was always moving at night. Wow. So in summary, um, we're looking at that rope that you uh, implemented. That's giving you another really important tool to kind of inventory what's out there. I mean, if all you're getting is year and a half or maybe that one that's, you know, a, a nice buck, but maybe something that's not in your category of shooting, mm-hmm. it, it might not be a great spot to hunt. But if you know he's there, then you may you may have overlooked it had you not known. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, young man, I know I caught you off guard when I called you, and I just wanted to get that little piece of information out there. And uh, meanwhile, hey. You took you take care. I'll give uh, Smokey a call and see if I can round up a little more scent because I think he said something about his supplies are getting really low and he's worried about next year. Yeah, you might want to give him a call. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, take care, buddy. Hey, take care, Gary. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Yep, Derek uses that, well, that term of those two words, game changer, and he means it. He's not using those words loosely. And I reached out to this next guest, Don Higgins, who's not new to the whitetail world, who's a national consultant for whitetail or hunting management of property and techniques. I mean, he travels the country doing seminars. Of course, at the end of his podcast, listen to the opportunity that the, us in mid-Michigan have to attend a very soon-to-be-upcoming podcast by Don Higgins. But Don Higgins is going to go through the steps that needed to be taken to increase your odds of taking a giant whitetail. Let's roll. Don Higgins, this is Gary Morgan calling. Hi, Gary. Good to hear from you. Hey, you as well. I appreciate taking time out of this. uh, Oh, heck, it's still hunting season, and it's during the week, and it's an evening, and I'm, I'm calling for Michigan time, and you know, it's about 7 o'clock or a little after, and I know you're an hour ahead of us. Uh, I guess I'm asking you, where am I calling? 
government, Central Illinois. You know, I should have known. I was thinking Pennsylvania, but I thought, no, I, I think Smokey, uh, the, the lure guy, uh, teed me up and said you were going to do a little hunting in Illinois. So, yep, it's hard to find you. You're on the road. You're, uh, you're not just, you know, of course, uh, doing chasing the giants program, but you're out there uh, practicing what you preach. You're hunting there as much as you probably find time to, right? Yeah, right now I'm actually into my consulting season. I do a lot of uh, whitetail land consulting all over the country. Wow. And in fact, I'm going to be up in Michigan next week. I've got a seminar at Claire, Michigan next Thursday. Really? Yeah. Probably at uh, the uh, Jays. No, it's actually uh, Collinville Country Store. It's a Amish uh, store. Yes. Uh, and uh, they are a dealer for our real-world wildlife products. So uh, I'm going to be up there consulting on some properties. And while I'm there, I'm going to do a seminar on a Thursday evening. So wow. hey, your listeners hear about that, uh, welcome to come on out. I appreciate that. You know, Claire, Michigan, heck, it's uh, about 45 minutes of a drive from where I'm at, Bay City, Michigan. So um, next Thursday, I have to look at my calendar. And if it's... Uh, if I've got time, I'm heading your way. Sounds awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, I wanna, I wanted to uh, reach out to you. I know we did a podcast in the past, but uh, um, it's been a little bit of time since we did that podcast. Of course, I've enjoyed a lot of your your podcasts and some of your postings on social media, and and uh, shared that. Of course, my podcast runs over uh, uh, several platforms, and I've had quite a few people inquire back because they're saying hey does this stuff really work meaning using uh, a scent on a rope and let it hang and uh, take an inventory of your of your deer and your bucks in your area and I said yeah we wouldn't have posted that if we didn't fully believe in it and I said matter of fact the reason I dialed up Don is because uh, I've been I've been doing it in the upper peninsula which is kind of difficult but uh, it has really uh, changed the way uh we're conducting our, ourselves up there, so we've got some followers of your system right here in uh, Michigan, quite a bit. Well, good deal. Um, I wish I could take credit for coming up with that uh, rope scrape idea, but uh, I kind of put my own twist on it. Actually, uh, the legendary Wenzel brothers, twin brothers, Gene and Barry Wenzel. Um, I'm familiar so- yeah, some of your older listeners probably know who I'm talking about. I don't know if the young guys do, but... Uh, You're right. It's uh, funny. Yeah, true. Yeah, they came up with the system, and I kind of put my own twist on it, and uh, uh, it's just a fantastic way to get a picture of every buck on your property. Boy, is that ever true. I tell you, I I did a... I called it a mini-podcast with Smokey, and I did a, a mini-podcast as a follow-up with uh, well, my nephew, Derek Harrison, and Derek is uh, he's in his mid-30s, and I see he's kind of in the prime of his life. Uh, he's raising a family with young boys, but he makes time to hunt. He, and his whole family's involved, but he's got uh, just a little slice of heaven in southern Michigan. And he tried that method, that rope, and he says, oh, my gosh, Gary. Uncle Gary, it's a game changer, I'm telling you. And uh, and then not long after, he sends me a picture of a uh, of just a giant whitetail that, that uh, he credits uh, that rope, that rope system to. Yeah, um, I've got just uh, volumes of pictures saved on my computer of uh, bucks, you know, working that rope, and it uh, it's proven itself for many years for me. 
Yeah, absolutely. I had a gentleman stop over today, and I he's a contractor. I have a, my wife and I have a need to uh, get a little work done in in one of the rooms, uh, kind of a redo of a small bathroom we've got. My fear was he was going to come over, and uh, him and I. I know he's a hunter, and that's just what happened. Heck, we spent uh, you know twenty five minutes out of thirty minute uh, appointment talking about whitetail deer hunting. And, he sees Smokey's uh, lure on my counter, and he says, what's that for? And, of course, I told him about our podcast. Man, I tell you what, he said, I got to I gotta leave. He said, I got to go pick up my son from school, but you and I need to talk about this. Uh, who is this Don Higgins guy? And I said, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send you a link, bud. He says, please do. So uh, it's just, it's fun. It's fun. Like one of my clients said, it's 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 added a huge element of enjoyment back in deer hunting. Well, it actually kind of extends your season. You know, uh, I I start uh, putting my cameras out about the first of July, getting pictures of those velvet bucks. And uh, here in Illinois, we're not allowed to put out any bait or salt or mineral or anything. And uh, those ropes really help me to get all those bucks that are on property in front of a camera and it, it just I almost look forward to the first of July putting those cameras out as much as I do the first of October <laughs> so uh, yeah it definitely adds something to it yeah absolutely and I remember in our previous podcast you mentioned it's not that you're putting out one or two of these ropes I was uh, I was really kind of set back on my you know on the back of my chair saying holy cow I mean you you do this I mean, in a in a volume way, uh, to take inventory, as you said. Yeah, I have a lot of different properties, and uh, in fact, right now I've got about uh, fifty trail cameras out in three different states, and uh, yeah, I'd hate to guess how many different properties. Probably twenty or so different properties I hunt on. So wow. Um, yeah, I'm hunting the biggest bucks I can find, the true giants, and. To do that, you got to cover a lot of ground, and and you got to do it with your cameras. I mean, you, you don't have time to, to sit on twenty properties and for a number of hunts to see what's there. You you need to get in there with your cameras and yeah and figure it out. And then when you do so go sit in a tree, it needs to be on a property where you know there's a giant to shoot. Yes. So the ropes really and the, the cameras really help me do that. Yeah, I agree. I mean. My my nephew even said he says Uncle Gary says it's like uh, uh, deer scouting with a with a rifle versus a shotgun. You're pinpointing exactly what you need to do and not just uh, throwing a bunch of stuff out there to see kind of what sticks. He said, you know, I'm kind of refining my ways and it's really helping out. And I said, what do you mean by that, Derek? And he said, I had a picture of that big one in in mid October, and he said it's it's on about eight or nine acres of the 20 that I have, and the boys want to go back there and goof off. He said, I don't let them back there. we got plenty of other places to for them uh, to uh, sow their oats, so to speak. And he said, we stay out of there, and I don't hunt it. He says, I hunted it for two days. And he said, in my past, my previous life, as he kind of calls it, he said, I'd have been hunting out there for 10 or 12 days, and he said, I'd have burnt it up, and I'd have boogered it up. Yeah, um, human intrusion ruins a property faster than anything. And, uh, you know, these these cameras tell you when to be on a property because these bucks, 
seem to follow an annual pattern from year to year. So you get a buck hitting one of your rope scrapes, say on the first time you get him is November 3rd, well, you can just about bank on it next year within 24 hours of November 3rd, one day either way. Wow. That buck's going to be back. If he's still alive, he'll be back. Wow, that's amazing. But that's great yeah. intel to have. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, and, uh, and Smokey was mentioning about you and, of course, a couple others, too. Is he said the wonderful thing it is is you guys are doing some uh, wonderful work. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of fun. But um, you have a podcast that's, uh, oh, so so much fun to listen to. And like he said, it, it's, it's you guys out there sharing information, all of us kind of sharing information back and forth so all of us can be a, a better better hunter or enjoy our time out in the woods, uh, you know, to the best that we know how to. Right. Yeah, helping others is just, uh, I don't know, become a passion of mine. Uh, I've been pretty successful. If I'd never shoot another big buck in my life, I've already shot more than my fair share. Yeah. So uh, I know the, the thrill of, you know, having a big buck walk up and, you know, your heart's pounding and you, you get that shot off and you make a good hit and then you get to go recover the deer walking up to it. And uh, your heart's just a pound. And then if, if I can help other deer hunters achieve that, you know, that's, uh, it gives me a thrill as well. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Do us, uh, I say do us, our listeners, just a real quick couple minute, three minute, if we can, a review of that rope. I mean, Smokey talked about sanitizing the rope, even sanitizing the bucket that the rope's going to go inside of to get sanitized. And he, you know, he went on and on about that. And I, but it was really cool to listen to. But then I guess I'm handing off the procedure to you when you're going out in the woods with that rope. Are you just carrying the ropes? Or are you, uh, you know, packaging them in a, or handling them with rub, rubber gloves? And, and at what point uh, do you, uh, you know, to kind of walk away saying, all right, the rope's got to do its job now? Well, like I've mentioned, I've, I've kind of given the whole thing my, my own unique twist, and I do it a little different than what Spokey does. Uh, I hang these ropes in the wintertime right after season closes. Um, I, I've tried hanging them right before season, during season, and just had very, very limited success. So I'm taking these ropes out in January, February, March, and, and hanging them then, letting them weather all spring, summer, early fall. And uh, by the time I come back, you know, around the 1st of September, mid-September, to, to put the cameras on them and send them for the first time. Now, I mentioned that I, I do some of those in July, but, uh, you know, I've got these ropes in different locations. So in July, I'll have them where the bachelor groups of bucks are. You know, they're usually around soybean fields and uh, yeah, alfalfa fields and such. So I've got ropes at different places for different times of the year. And then uh, I've got the ropes for the rut or uh, when the bachelor groups break up yep. uh, there in September. Um I'll move my cameras from those summer locations to the fall rutting locations. Yep. And uh, when I do, I will come in and I'll send that rope up that, that's been hanging there for, and when I hang one, you know, it might hang there for five, six, seven, eight years before it deteriorates to the point where it's no good anymore and needs to be replaced. So wow. when I go in there, and a lot of times I'll go to put my camera up, and you know, I don't even have to put scent on the rope anymore because, uh, you know, from previous years, the bucks are already using it. And 
and uh, they'll scrape under it. But on a new rope, I like to hang them there in the winter. And then I come back in the summer with a little spray bottle of Roundup herbicide like you get it at Walmart. And uh, I'll, I'll take that in and I'll spray underneath that rope to kill all the vegetation. Okay. And then when I go back in the 1st of September, um, that vegetation that I sprayed is all dead. I'll, I'll take uh, a garden rake with me and I'll rake that back so it's bare dirt under that rope just like a scrape would be. Oh, man, that's got that's got to loan be a... A strong visual for those deer. Oh, absolutely, and uh, they love that uh, bare soil. And, mm-hmm. and then you got the rope hanging there, and I send it up at the same time, put my camera on it, and then just get away. And uh, if you're not getting pictures on a rope scrape, it's because the rope's in the wrong spot. Ah, okay. Give us a little uh, little IQ on uh, where that rope should be. Well, you, you won't look for places where deer would typically scrape anyway. Field edges, uh, you know, on a logging road, mm-hmm. um, clearings in the woods, something like that. You don't want to just go in in the middle of timber, in the middle of the brush, and hang a rope and think they're going to find it and start hitting it. They may to some degree, but nothing like they will, you know, on a site where they would typically want to scrape anyway. So maybe on the edge or right inside of an area that's uh, somewhat of a designated um, prime rotten spot. Right, exactly. Okay, outstanding. Um, When you carry those ropes in into the woods, is it, I mean, I I guess before a guy carries it in, I mean, I'm picturing me, I'm heading out, maybe I'm heading up north, going to spend two or three days doing this, and I've got, uh, I've got a few ropes, you know, maybe I've got 10 of them or 12 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume I just don't throw those in the back of my truck. I, I package them up or store them in a container or something. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. But if you're doing it real early like I am, and th- that rope's going to have months to weather, oh yeah, it, it's not really that critical. Um, and, and I don't even cut the rope to length. I'll, I'll go buy you know 25 foot of rope and carry around the whole 25 foot because. You never know how high the branch you're going to oh. tie it to is and yeah. how long you're going to need. Yeah, true that. So, uh, you know, I'll take the whole 25-foot with me, and you want the end of that rope to be about three feet off the ground. Okay. And uh, so I'll just, you know, measure how much I need and have a utility knife with me and cut it off and attach it to the tree branch. And um, then I'm left with, you know, 22 feet or yeah. 20 feet or whatever move on to the next one yeah absolutely wow that's very interesting um that just intrigues everybody that listens to that and it just it the more i listen to it the more it makes sense and and it did make sense for me i i implemented this same thing up up north and it's it's working great i mean we had a guy sitting on one spot that uh, i told him it's more for him inventory but it's it's a good spot because it's kind of tucked back in it's not wide open but it's a there's always a scrape in that spot, and it'll be uh, opened up several times. Yeah. Yeah, and Hunter Hunter sat there, and uh, he said he messed up. Uh, he had an opportunity at at one at an Upper Peninsula Giant, and uh, hey, it, like he said, it gave me an opportunity. I made the mistake, and he said that's the thing of it. He said uh, those big ones don't make mistakes, and and when they do, they usually end up uh, on my uh, in my on my wall as a trophy, but quite often he says, uh, I'm the one making, the hunter's making the mistake, you know. Right. 
Um, well, hey, I really appreciate this, and uh, um, I'm going to blend those uh, many, you know, those segments of podcast with, or, uh, with uh, Smokey and, and, of course, my nephew Derek and you on this, and I think I'll reach back out to uh, our podcast platform and upload it. And uh, but before we uh, part ways here. Um, you have any plans to, uh, I know you do some consulting and some uh, presentations and to different groups and different uh, entities. Do you have any plans in the future coming up here to Michigan where I can, uh, we can let the uh, listeners know, maybe they can make some plans for themselves to uh, visit one of your presentations? Well, the only time that I'm going to be there this winter will be next week. Wow. Um, I've got about uh, six or eight properties in Michigan to look out for clients. Yes. And uh, while I'm there, I'm going to do the seminar on the 16th there at Claire, Michigan at the Collinville Country Store. Okay. And uh, that'll be it for this winter. I, I'm just booked solid. I mean, I, I don't have hardly a free weekend um, from now until mid-April. Oh, my goodness gracious. I, I'm all over the place. I was just in Georgia last week on a property. I've got to go as far west and north is north dakota south dakota nebraska kansas <laughs> i'm just all over the place so uh yeah, we, it's my busy season yeah well we feel blessed that if we uh if our listeners have and myself if that 16th uh is open i'm sure gonna attend i'll head over there and uh what are the times on that again oh uh, i think it's 6 p.m okay that's a, um, that's a good time frame yeah, uh, if you go, if you listen to Chasing Giants uh, yep. podcast, uh, my podcast, uh, we announce it. Uh, last two or three episodes, we've announced the times and everything, okay. and even a phone number where anyone can call for more information. Perfect. We appreciate it, Don. Hey, um, I promise we keep this brief, and we want to do that. And of course, uh, here we are in the evening. And uh, I again, I appreciate your time. Thanks again for letting me uh, reach out to you and share some information. Yeah, you're certainly welcome. You you take care. Have a nice evening. You too. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. This week's podcast brought to you by M65 Bait Shop 2, located just before the boat launch in Augray, is now open, offering all your fishing supplies for catching that big one. They are your walleye headquarters of the Northeast, with the largest selection of custom bandits in northern Michigan. Stop in at either of their locations, the M65 Bait Shop of Whittemore and the M65 Bait Shop 2 in Augray, located just before the DNR boat launch. Open seven days a week from 8 to 4, veteran owned. And also brought to you by... Hey out there, this is Barry Wenzel. I've been successfully hunting white-tailed deer for over 60 years now. Deer base their entire existence on messages received from their noses. You can increase communications within the local social structure by using Smokey's Deer Lures. They just flat out work great for me. Give Smokey's a try, and I think you'll agree. Best of luck and shoot straight. And with that, we conclude another podcast episode with Wild Game Dynasty. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe in your podcast app to receive notifications on future podcasts. Also, please head on over and check out our Facebook page, Be sure to like and follow it to stay up to date on highlights from our clients, turkey, bear, and white-tailed deer hunts. Until next time, guys, stay safe, enjoy the great outdoors, and happy hunting.